Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and today I want to talk to you about success. I want to talk to you about ambition and I want to talk to you about goals. I think that a lot of what I now teach and facilitate for my own clients is done so in a way because of what I've personally learned and experienced when it comes to the concept of goals and ambition and success. And it's no different here. And I want to start off by saying that my view on what success actually means and actually looks like has definitely changed over the years. And the the very first memory that I can think of, of my own feeling of having ambition and achieving success was in my first proper job. So I'm not talking about um, proper job in inverted commas, right? <laughs> so I'm not talking about my part-time jobs that I had when I was in college. My first step into the corporate um, my corporate career. And I remember I was 18. I remember thinking, I just want to earn more than my age. I just want to earn more than my age. And when I remember my salary was £21,444. <laughs> and I remember feeling like I have made it. I have absolutely made it. There is no better place than in this place. And I, I think that's where the learning began because what I was very quickly taught was firstly, okay, so now that you've attained that, what happens next? Like, is it just onto the next, onto the next, onto the next? And the next lesson that very, I remember it, very quickly slapped me around the chops was at what cost, Nikki? Like, I remember that job um, in a call center and I remember it was an outbound job in a call center and I remember every single lunchtime I would ring my mum and I'd be like, mum, I cry. And I'd be like, mum, I can't do it. I just can't do this. It's awful. I don't know if I can do it. I'm rubbish at it. I hate it. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was able to move. I felt like I was in that building trapped for nine hours a day, just sitting at my desk on the phone. And what I learned over the years in that corporate career was, no matter how hard I tried, nothing really, nothing that I could obtain seemed to do the trick. And that carried on for years, like over 10 years, no matter how hard I tried to prove myself or how many achievements I got, I just couldn't escape the fact that I was, I was constantly avoiding the big question. And it, it felt like in those years I was pushing it down and pushing it down and ignoring it and trying to cover it up with another goal and another top of the mountain to reach. And the question I was trying to really desperately avoid was why? Why are you doing this? And I grew as a woman over that time. It was only 18, 19, 20, 20. It's only about four years into my corporate career when I decided that I wanted to try for a baby. And so during that career, you can imagine, you know, as you grow and evolve and change as a as a woman, as a human, you it starts to become harder to avoid life's big questions. And I think that nothing is going to make it harder to avoid life's big questions like why? Why are you doing this? Why are you striving for this? And at what cost? nothing's going to make it harder for you to avoid that than life and death, you know, new life and losing someone important. And that all happened during my career. You know, I gave birth to my son. I became a mother. 
my my life took on a different role and also I lost my own mother during that career and so that question it felt like was becoming louder and louder and louder and what I what I was noticing over time is the results that I thought would give me the satisfaction and the fulfillment and everything that I really wanted they just didn't and that was confusing to me because I was still very driven towards those things. I still wanted the financial stability and more. I still wanted to be challenged and to grow. And I still wanted to reach higher heights. And so there was a part of my career, I think, definitely triggered by losing mum. I'll be honest, I just felt confused. And I realise, I look back now and I realise that the confusion came from looking at things in a, a very conditioned way, like this is what success is. And if you don't fit into that, or if your idea of success doesn't fit into that, that's not something wrong with the system. That's something wrong with you, you know? And the other thing that I can see looking back on that time is I was treating it all like it was all very black and white. Like you could have one or you could have the other, but you couldn't have both. You know, you could have the thriving in your life. You could have the thriving in business, but you can't have both. Like you had to care about these things or not. There was no middle ground. And I've since found that's not the truth, or at least it's not the truth for me. It's not my truth. And I've definitely had to learn to accept and love myself as a baseline regardless. And from that place, I then set my ambition. So I want to start off this episode by sort of giving you that background and talking a little bit about what I've realized and like personally through my own experience, but also what I've experienced my clients going through as well. Because what's wild is the very, you can have the very same goal written or said in the very same way with the exact same words or numbers, but it it's not the same. So I, I always I always say, you know, if you're running a marathon, you can be motivated to run by someone dangling a million pounds at the finish line. At the same time, you could be motivated to run because someone's chasing you with a knife. And they will both feel like <laughs> very different experiences. And so what I've learned is when you set goals from a place of proving and inadequacy and insecurity and, and pressure and even when you set goals from a place of, well, this is just what we do, isn't it? Like it's suddenly a very different goal because of the place it was set from. It suddenly carries a very different energy because of where that goal came from, because of what it's rooted in and what you make it mean about you if you achieve it. And if you don't, when you set goals from that place, I think that the focus becomes a lot less on who you're becoming, the journey, the experience, and much more about the goal achievement and where your inadequacies are. What I see, what I have seen in myself and also in my clients is I think we all learn eventually. And some people I think inherently know this from the start. Others like me take time and years and years of having to learn the same lesson over and over again is to question why, why and where, why do I want this? And where does this ambition or goal come from? And what is it rooted in? In the work that I do with the incredible humans that I work with, and hopefully if you're listening to this, you will come and consider doing this work with us or with me one day too. 
with the people that I work with, I also feel this sense of confusion when they're grown adults, you know, we're grown ups, we're meant to know what we're doing. But when we peel back the layers, we see that we're just trying to make someone somewhere proud. You know, we're just trying to make our mum proud or we're just trying to make our dad proud or we're just trying to live into the societal expectations of what good, in inverted commas, looks like. And I, I see that even when those people aren't around anymore. You know, I've worked with clients and I've been in this position myself where when I get to the nub of the why that is driving, that is motivating my goal and my actions, a lot of the time when we peel back the layers, we can see that it's to impress someone who isn't even on this earth anymore. I've seen that. I've seen clients grappling with, I just want to make my mum proud or my dad proud, even if they're not here. And what is happening in that moment is they're projecting the concept of what good, in inverted commas, looks like and striving to live into it only to achieve it. And it feel like a massive anticlimax, like a the feeling is like a low level depression of constantly seeking something that is apparently unobtainable. And I think it's the way I see it visually in my mind is a little bit like, it's like a seed that was planted in us. But now we're adults, we're the adult. It's on us to decide, do I want to continually, do I want to plant that seed and, and nurture it and look after it and help it grow? Or do I want to, with respect, move it to the side, do not plant that seed inside of my soul and instead ask myself, what do you want and plant that seed? And what I'm essentially saying there is make my own version of what success feels like, of what success looks like, what good in inverted commas is. And I think that, I think that we have to decide, do we take that seed that represents what we thought good was meant to look and feel like and try and live into that and try and strive for it? And you've got to ask yourself, if you plant that seed that was given to you, the idea of what good looks like or what success looks like, will it mean that you are loved? Will it mean that you are validated? Will it mean that you're enough? Or will you achieve it only to realize that that's, that's okay, tick, moving on. That's like, great, well done, but you've, you've got more to achieve now. Or will you create your own sense of good and be motivated and driven by, by that? It reminds me so much, there's a Greek myth um, of, I think it's a Greek god called Sisyphus, 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 and this god is punished in the underworld and he's forced to roll a boulder up a hill for eternity and every time he gets to the top of the hill, the boulder rolls right back down and on and on repeated forever. And I, th I feel like it's a familiar feeling, constantly in that place where you're striving onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. It's like constantly pushing and trying to get to the top of the mountain only for the boulder to roll back down. You know, the feeling of when you finally get to the top of the mountain, then you'll be free, then you'll be enough, then you'll be validated. But when you reach that, it's still not enough. There's still more to do to be validated and enough and accepted. And so you create more and more goals in the hope that when you reach them, the pressure or the feeling of inadequacy or the, um, the, the pain will disappear and it doesn't. And I 
I know that place. I've lived in that place for many, many years. I remember when I started to see things differently was when I started to question, um, why? Why am I doing this? Where is this ambition coming from? And does it align with me? Does it align with what I want? And I actually remember where I was when I first started having that thought. And I'm going to be really honest. I was on a spa break with Jimmy and I was angry and I'm not an angry person, but I, the level of frustration I was grappling with on the inside, it felt like this should be enough. Why isn't this enough? And it it definitely was me asking myself, what is wrong with you? You've got the job, you've got the title, you've got the status, you've got the salary, you've got the working conditions, you've got everything that you said that you wanted and you're annoyed and you're frustrated and you feel let down and disappointed that your inner experience of this doesn't meet your experience as you thought it should. And I think ironically, I was on that spa break with Jim to celebrate a promotion or something or a new job or something of the sort. And I just remember watching my brain go, yep, cool, great, what's next? And I just remember thinking, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? The feeling of like never enough. And from then, it didn't happen in one day. Like it didn't happen overnight. But I remember that being the sort of pivotal moment, the pivotal, you know, when you see something and you can't unsee it, I realized that no actual achievement will free me. And I started to learn over time that this is definitely an inside out thing as opposed to an outside in thing. And since then, it's been a constant process of learning how to accept myself without condition, how to accept myself, validate myself unconditionally, like I would my own son. You know, I, one of the gifts of becoming a mother myself has taught me is it doesn't really matter what he achieves, he is still unconditionally loved. And I think that we start there with ourselves, but as we navigate this this world and the conditions upon which you must achieve to be worthy and to be loved, it sort of gets hammered out of you a little bit. And, it, and your love and acceptance for yourself starts to become conditional. And it's taught me being a mum and loving someone that unconditionally like it doesn't matter what he does it you know i'm so happy for him when he achieves things and i am so proud of him when he does things that feel good to him and and feel like success to him but it doesn't mean that i love him any more or any less i accept him fully regardless of what he does regardless of what he achieves and i think that we start there with ourselves and it gets pummeled out of us and i think to learn how to love and accept myself outside of any achievement, outside of any success, to learn to see things in a way that wasn't handed to me. You know, personally, professionally, societally, we are brought up with ideas. We are continually shown images of what good, in inverted commas, looks like and what it doesn't. I know if the younger version of me was listening to this, I know that she would be thinking, well, that's nice, But if you love yourself and accept yourself unconditionally, that means that you're not going to be as ambitious. And I want to say to you, younger version of Nikki, it doesn't at all. 
it doesn't mean that you can't strive for more and new heights and better goals, you know, bigger goals. It doesn't mean you can't be ambitious. It doesn't mean you can't be successful materially. Actually, quite the opposite. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this isn't about what it is, the goal itself. This is about where the goal comes from and how you value the experience and the journey as much as that end point, how you honor who it is that you're becoming, how you be with yourself through the roller coaster and the journey and the path that you'll walk on to reach that goal that is important and meaningful to you. And I truly believe that for all of us. I think we all have agency over how we be with ourselves. And it, when you're in that very disempowered state of, I don't have agency over how I am with myself, it will sound like you will tell yourself sentences like, you will tell yourself stories like, well, I'm just this way and this is just who I am and I'm just this and I'm just that. And actually, big part of the work that I do in setting goals with my clients is helping them to see that as they navigate their experiences in life and business, they are becoming. And it gives them that sovereignty, that agency over their relationship with themselves again. So what I hope this episode is going to be is an episode that prompts you to start thinking or if you're already in this space, continue to think, what is my intention? What is my goal? What are my ambitions? And what are they aligned to? Like take a look around life and business at the moment for you and ask yourself, is this job or is this thing that I do in my own business aligned to what I believe good looks like? Or is it old programming, old conditioning of what I've been modeled that good looks like to me or told that good good is meant to look like to me. And I truly, truly, truly believe that when we do things from the heart, so not from programming, not from conditioning, but from us connecting to ourselves, which is a practice that we do every single month in the Inner Work Club, that zooming out and connecting to yourself at the end of every single month. When we do that, when our goals and ambitions and our dreams are coming from an aligned space. I've actually done an episode on this if you're interested and you're not going to come and do this work with me. It's episode 66. It's old, but cue it up after this one if you're in this space with me right now. And it's about when your goals and ambitions and dreams come from an aligned space. I believe when they do, you can make things happen that far far surpass what your mind believes is possible for you, what your mind can conceive is possible for you. If you'd have told me 10 years ago that I'd have my own business, that I would be deciding my own working conditions and that I would be not only all of that and meeting the financial requirements that deem me to be providing for my family and running a profitable business. But alongside all of that, doing work that I absolutely love, I would not have believed you because I didn't think that I could have that. I thought there had to be sacrifice, but I now see that that's old conditioning. And don't get me wrong, to create where I'm at now in my business has meant sacrificing at times, especially at the start. And it's taken a lot but it is possible and it's more possible than it initially seems. So what I want this episode to do is I want this episode to gently challenge you. 
I want it to serve as a little nudge just to get you thinking, last from the space of how can I prove myself? How can I be enough? How can I be validated? How can I, how can I be worthy? And that worthiness, only you will know what that means to you. You know, for some of you, that worthiness means when I've achieved this, then I can be worthy of giving myself that. When I've achieved this financial success, then I can be worthy of taking time out or having a holiday or buying myself that thing or whatever that is, or even worthy of thinking about myself in this way. Like I see that with my own clients a lot. When I achieve that level of financial success in my business, then I'm allowed to deem myself as credible or you know, a revered professional in whatever it is that I do. And I want you to be thinking less from that space, like how can I prove myself and more from the space of how can I contribute and create in a way that only I can. And it leads me on to the next thing that I wanted to talk about was like, what is actually serving you? You know, I think about the external benchmarks of success, how much money you make, how quickly you can do X, Y, and Z, like how quickly you can get to 5K months in business, 10K months in business, how soon you can be fully booked, how you compare against your colleagues or your peers in business. It's how so many of us are raised. Like if I think back to my corporate career, that is literally, you are literally benchmarked against the same people that are in your same team. I want this episode to serve as a nod towards we all have agency to start to separate from those beliefs and at least start to question them, start to ask, what is serving me? You know, going back to my own story, I can see times in my own career when I found myself at a real crossroads. Do I make choice A and take on the work or take on the job that will give me the accolade, but see me struggling with fulfillment? You know, you could even say like, do I take on that particular project that will give me the accolade or the financial reward, but will really massively see me struggling with fulfillment and grappling with myself and perhaps make me feel like a bit of a sellout, you know, not just publicly, but within myself? Or do I make choice B that sees me following the road less traveled? Maybe not the road less traveled for that person over there, but the the road less traveled for me. And I now see that all of those choices, all of those forks in the road where you have to make a decision, they're just opportunities for us to grow. And my dad said this once, and he was talking about a relationship like a marriage, but I believe it to be true about the relationship that we have with ourselves. I remember him saying to me, and (laughs) he was a man of very few words. So this nugget of advice was very gratefully received and will never be forgotten when he said to me, in marriage, you either grow together or you grow apart. And I think it's the same with your relationship with yourself. It's just harder because you're constantly with you all the time. Like when my when people see my 15-year-old son and they haven't seen him for a little while, they're like, oh my God, he's grown so much. He's grown up so much. And I'm like, has he? Because I see him every single day. I know what he looks like. And so it's harder to notice those differences visually with someone when you see them every single day. But the same is true for yourself. Wherever you go, there you are. You're always with you. And therefore, it's harder to see yourself growing and it's harder to see yourself and who you're becoming. And I know that for me, many times in my career, I've chosen route A. 
I've gone after the accolades. I've gone after the money. I've gone after what I thought, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I've gone after what I thought would give me the reward that would be fulfilling. And it didn't. It felt hard. It felt frustrating. It made me feel shut down. It felt heavy. It felt dry and barren. And if I was achieving in that place, I now see that I was being driven by a sense of inadequacy and conditioning of what I thought could look like. But I also see that I needed to go through that in order to learn. I needed to take those lessons. I needed to see that in all of the striving from inadequacy, I was denying myself of self-acceptance, that unconditional acceptance that I talked about a little bit earlier. I was putting their, in inverted commas, acceptance over me over my own acceptance of me. And you can't unsee that, you know? You can't unsee that when when it looks like on the outside, other people are like, oh, she's got a good job, or oh, she looks apart, or oh yeah, Nikki earns a good living, or whatever it is, but you don't feel successful on the inside, you can't unsee that, you can't unfeel it. You can try and ignore it, you can push it down, but it's gonna follow you around and you're gonna feel it. And I also recognize in my own behavior, when I'm in that place of hustling to prove my worth, I can see that the journey is impacted along the way. If I made mistakes, if I didn't get something right, in that place of hustling to be approved or to be enough, when I make a mistake, it's not treated as a learning opportunity or an opportunity for growth or you know celebrated as, okay, so this is cool. You're going to learn. You're going to take that. No, it was like my ego was taking an absolute fucking battering and my ego would then roar and I would become highly self-critical and highly self-judgmental and things felt very final. You know, like I remember in the last position of employment that I had when I was involved in retaining this, um, it was all about online learning and um, helping our clients make sure that they were integrating that learning. I remember being a part of this contract renewal and we didn't get it. And I remember my father-in-law was downstairs and um, doing some work on the house at the time. And I remember just going downstairs and him genuinely being like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's happened? And he he must have thought something awful had happened, you know, to someone that I cared about or something like that. And what had happened was I'd lost the contract. You know, it was my, ultimately my responsibility. And I was treating it like it was final. Like it said a lot about who I was. And I remember saying things like, well, that's it now. I'm never going to be able to come back from this. And I think, I think it's because I was basing who I was on the successes and also on the failures. And what I needed to learn less was the need to keep pushing that boulder up the hill, the need to keep proving myself. And the only way is through, like the only way for me to learn that lesson, it took more self-acceptance. It took more accepting of myself without condition. And I hope that you can hear from me sharing that, that even if I'd achieve things, even if I went, even when I achieve things, even when I did well in work, when I achieved the status or the job title or the financial status or whatever it was, it still didn't relieve me of the pressure. Even if I created the perfect outcomes, 
it didn't bring me the inner peace that I was so desperately seeking. <laughs> and so talking about self-acceptance, and this is sort of the part of the episode where I want to take us in a bit of a different direction. So strap in because we're going to head off into the second part of the episode where I want to pivot a little bit, is rounding off here. One thing I wanted to make sure that I raised was how common this all is. And I, I really mean that. I want you to I want you to know that this isn't just you stumbling across my podcast and being like, oh, Nikki shares the same experience as me. Isn't that bizarre? No, no, this is very common. And I see it across the hundreds of people in business that I've worked with over the years, maybe even thousands. And this episode, if it's resonating with you, I want it to make you start to consider your own why behind your drive, behind your ambition, behind your motivation. And then I hope you're able to treat yourself with the same curiosity that I had to adopt as opposed to the self-criticism and the self-judgment that is going to keep you trapped. Perhaps you are currently grappling with the idea that you can't achieve great things and have massive ambitions from that place of self-acceptance like I used to. Maybe you're wondering how are you going to be able to have the motivation to achieve without that bullying voice. And I see it frequently, particularly across my one-to-one client base who I've got the privilege of working even more closely with them. It's the line of, I, I get it all the time, that line of from the outside looking in, things look perfect. On paper, it appears that I have created the success, but it doesn't feel like that on the inside. And that it's not a process of stripping their ambition away or making them less ambitious. It's a process of getting them clear and grounded on where the ambition is coming from, what it's rooted in. You know, literally go back to that seed example I gave you earlier. What is that? What is the soil that that seed is being planted in? If you're trying to get, if you're seeking, if you're trying to get validation from someone, if if that's the reason that you're fill in the blank in the career that you're in, in the job that you're in, aiming for the revenue that you're aiming for. If you're with that type of person or wanting that type of job title, whatever it is, then at some point you might achieve it. And it'll feel shocking to you because you might realize that you've got what you said that you wanted and it doesn't feel like success. And what that sees is you operating with this proving energy this working harder, doing more. And I want to say that is unsupportive to you and your humanness. If you can come face to face with this, if you can ask yourself why, like if you want to jot these questions down and journal on them, I highly recommend it. Like the why questions are, why do you want that? Why do you think you need to respond to those emails in that time frame? What is that saving you from? Why do you find why do you define X as good enough but not Y? Why do you not allow yourself the same freedom and room to make mistakes without so much self-loathing as you afford others? Why are you forcing yourself to conform? Why are you trying to do it their way and contort yourself into a shape that you just won't go into without extreme amounts of discomfort when you have your own way of doing it that you continually avoid? Why do you never know how much work you have to do for it to be enough, 
for you to be able to class yourself as having tried hard enough. And by asking yourself those why questions, what you might uncover is a codependence on an idea of what good looks like, of what success looks like. A lot of the time, it doesn't align with what you define success to be. And you'll know it because it won't feel like it. That's how you know. You ask yourself why, you start there and you carry on doing that. And in those moments, you'll start to notice, you'll start to become aware of yourself, your own behavior, your own habits, your own beliefs, and you'll start to question them. And from that place, you start to be driven in a whole different way. And that is really beautiful. So you're probably hearing by now in this episode that ambition and goals and straight up material success in business is something that I absolutely support my clients with. And you'd be right in hearing that. I literally have got off a offboarding call with one of my beautiful one-to-one clients, Chloe. Um, She's actually done an episode about her journey with me. I'll link it in the show notes. And I asked her straight out, like, do you think this work has a direct impact on business results? And she was like, without doubt, the inner work will ripple out into your business in the most positive way that it possibly can. And that's the thing. It's like one of those many ripple effects of doing the work that we do together. You can literally see it in my clients' business results from my clients who are in employment. We, one of the, actually one of the recent calls that I've done with a very long-standing client of mine, she's sent me a message. I've actually posted it on Instagram so that you can see the work that goes behind the, I think it's like 10 or 20K uh, increase in her salary over the past one or two and a half, two years or whatever it is. The found, it's like, we see that. That's what we see on the outside. That's been built on a foundation of, her advocating for herself, of her unlearning very unhealthy ways of working, you know, and I then look towards my self-employed clients who run their own businesses and who can now afford themselves time, time to do things that they wanted to do, time to pursue projects in their business and be creative in ways that they couldn't previously because the way they navigate business has afforded them that time freedom. And that's the thing. Like one of the things that we do each and every month, I mentioned it before, was we do this session called Zoom Out and Connect to Yourself. And we get really, really clear on what it is that you want out there in business. But really in those sessions, like I struggle to call them goal setting sessions because in those sessions, what we're actually doing, we're spending sort of 10% of our time on the actual goal. And the rest of the time is on who are you becoming when you're pursuing this goal? You know, what experiences do you anticipate that you'll have to navigate? How will you support yourself through that? And the thing that I want my clients to realize during this process is achieving the goal is the cherry on the cake. You know, it's not really the point. (laughs) It's nice, And it's, you know, undoubtedly, like if they come to our one every single week, which is on a Monday, we get together, we carve out how you're going to be with yourself that week and the things that you're going to do and the things that you're not going to do and how you're going to support yourself and the brave actions that are helping you to make progress towards that goal. It sort of leaves the goal attainment a little bit inevitable, you know, but to me, that's a secondary focus to the primary one, which is the journey. 
if you've heard me already say in this podcast, and I'll say it again, I do believe in setting unrealistic goals because I think that, you know, naive goals, it was naive of me to quit my job in November, 2019, I think it was, because there was a pandemic around the corner and it was naive of me to have this business plan because the pandemic completely threw that out the window and I had to figure it out as I went along. But I don't think I'd have been able to do what I do and have this business if I hadn't have set at the time what appeared to me to be this unachievable goal, this very naive goal. And I had no fucking clue (laughs) if I could do it or not, but I allowed myself to navigate it. I allowed myself, I allowed my goal to grow me. And most people come at a goal very differently. They come at, when they first come to my work, anyway, my experiences, most people first come and they're surprised by this approach because they've been so conditioned to feel shame when they don't achieve the goal. And my question to them will always be, but in setting that goal and pursuing it, who did you become? What what did you learn? How do the experiences that you've had on your way to the goal shape and form the next goal that you'll set? You know, sometimes people set a goal and they go after it and they go in that direction and they're like, do you know what? I actually realize in going in this direction, that goal isn't even what I wanted at all. Good, that's not wasted. That's you recognizing and realizing that the direction that you're heading in is teaching you and helping you to grow closer to yourself. And this is where my clients have to, they get like a different, they they get to realize that there is a different type of celebration. You know, you don't just get to celebrate yourself when you achieve the goal, the accolade, the financial success, the whatever it is. They get to celebrate themselves during the process, in the steps that they've stepped, in the discomfort that they inevitably had to sit through while they were, you know, practicing advocating for themselves and what they said that they wanted rather than just settling for breadcrumbs or constantly putting other people and other people's needs first. This is where the gold really is. It's in the journey. It's in the becoming. It's in It's in the unbecoming. Even if, like even just from setting the goal, from thinking outside the confines of your own limited perception of what is possible for you, it changes you. You know, I was recently on a, a podcast with the leading ladies in business Um, So I'll tag them here. So when the episode comes out, you can go and listen to it. I think it's out on the 7th of February, 2024, I think. And I remember them asking me at the end of the episode, so what are your goals for this year in business? And I was like, do you know what? I really go, I tread carefully in setting goals for myself in business because I totally respect and acknowledge that while my head, my actual physical head, is actually very big, circumference-wise, it's an abnormally large head. <laughs> so much so that I have to buy men's glasses in Specsavers, like that's where we're at. Um, and hats don't fit me. But the inside of my head, <laughs> energetically or metaphorically, is very limited and small. And what I mean by that is, if I set a goal, a realistic goal, from what I believe is possible for me, I accept and acknowledge that that goal is being set by my limitations of what I physically see is is possible for me. And I, I want to continually 
allow myself to think outside of the confines of my own limited perception of what is possible for me and to allow that to change me. And I want that for my clients too. You know, I literally physically see it in my clients' eyes. Their whole, their whole being shifts and changes when we're going through the process of setting goals, reflecting on goals as well. Like, what did you do? How did you do it? What was hard about that? How did you support yourself through it? When you look back over the last few weeks, what would you do more of? What would you do less of? What would you do differently? And what didn't go well? And in what didn't go well, what actions did you what actions did you take that didn't get you the outcomes that you expected or that you wanted to? And how does that inform how you'll do things moving forward? It's like a continual process of moving forward, glancing back, but not glancing back in your rear view mirror to take all of the shame and the shoulds and the self-criticism and the self-loathing, but it's glancing back in your rear view mirror to see what lesson, what the lessons can teach you so that you can use that to move forward. And this, by the way, these questions, they're not to be glazed over because what I see people do is making the outcomes mean something about them, like looking back in the rear view mirror and seeing whatever's happened, good, bad, or indifferent, means something about them inherently, like their worth. And I want to encourage you to search for an episode that I have recorded previously, actually. It's called Results Honesty, aka Am I the Problem? Probably yes. I'll link it in the show notes because this is one of the episodes that isn't, weirdly, isn't numbered. I remember that. And and it's because it's the way you think about yourself in that particular episode, I was explaining the difference between things not going your way and making it mean something about you versus things not going your way and recognizing that it doesn't mean that you're bad or wrong or unworthy or you should feel shame, which enables you then to take responsibility. It enables you then to be honest about your results that you're seeing in business, which might not match your expectations about where you thought you should be by this point, because then being in that space helps you to take responsibility of what you do next, of how you think about yourself next. And it's hard to do that when you're carrying this backpack full to the brim of self-judgment, self-criticism, self-shame. And that, when we set goals from that place, like when we set goals from a place of continually looking back to take the wisdom to move forward, we're able to then set goals from a place of who will I become? Will I? Will that goal help me to become the person that I aspire to be? What is the goal that feels the most aligned to me? Because the me in this moment is very likely to be carrying around old conditioning, old limitations of what I believe is possible for me, both in the distant memory and also very literally like over the past month, I've seen this in business and I make this mean this about myself. And setting goals from a place of like, will this goal help me become? Will it help me build mastery in my craft? Will it help me build mastery of myself? Um, will we, Which is the goal that is going to help me create a better relationship with myself? Which is the goal that's going to help me expand what I believe is possible for me and challenge what I believe is possible for me? You know, we've got very uh, specific views about our, ourselves and what is possible for someone like me in this particular circumstance. And I want your limitations to be smashed. And I want you to be thinking about your goals from a perspective of which is the goal that's going to help me to grow 
in the ways that I want to grow, which sounds so good, but it's actually basically us saying, I welcome in the discomfort of growth, which is why I ask my clients to approach themselves with a thrive first mentality. Thriving first means I will support myself in an unconditional way, regardless of whether I'm doing good in business or bad in business. You know, I I support myself, like I mentioned earlier, I accept and love myself unconditionally. How would you possibly think that you can go after a goal that helps you become with all the challenges that that might bring at the same time as speaking to yourself like a dickhead, speaking to yourself in a harsh way, at the same time as like self-loathing and self-denial? They they don't, think about it, like if you're, okay, so I'm running at the moment. I'm running because I'm doing a half marathon, I think on the 17th of March. And if I'm, if I'm doing a run and I'm constantly telling myself, you're shit, this is rubbish. You look bad. You're jiggling and wobbling around. Your breathing's off. You're this, like you're not doing it in a good enough time. Look at them over there. They seem to be running better than you. Can you see that actually going after a goal that's helping you to become at the same time as all of the self-loathing that you're giving yourself, it's hard and it's hard. And in that way, the way that I encourage my clients and myself to set goals, that's how we change. You develop a more supportive relationship with yourself. And from that place, you can really achieve amazing things in business. You know, you. I want you to see that too many of us have been brought up with this concept of if I bully myself and if I'm mean to myself and if I put pressure on myself, I'll be more ambitious. I'll be more inclined to be motivated and go after what I want. And I I want you to see that it's where you're coming from. It's actually the journey. It's about who you're becoming. And so setting goals in this way, what it's helped me to do is it's changed the way I set goals, the way I go after them. And it does the same for my clients. We care about who we're becoming. We care about who we're unbecoming, the shit that we're unlearning, the conditioning, that old jacket that used to fit and serve us. But as we're growing and evolving as a human, like it feels stifling. You just want to take it off because regardless of whether or not you achieve the goal, you won't sustain the feeling of success if you don't believe that you're the right type of person who can hold that, think about it. Look at the people who achieve massive goals in life or business and they get there, they finally achieve what they said they wanted and they just feel empty. That feeling of like, yeah, great, well, on to the next and what now? You know, that was a great celebration for five minutes, but what's next? Or look at the people who um, win the lottery and they piss it up the wall. Because what often happens when we actually do achieve something that we in our insides aren't ready for is we can't hold that success. We can't hold that achievement. And it's either glazed over or they get depressed or they get bored or it leaves them with a bit of a question mark over their own identity. And in those cases, what I think has actually happened is the reality hits them. They, they hadn't become on the inside. They hadn't become the kind of person who can hold that success that they said that they wanted. And this brings me on to the very last thing that I wanted to cover in this episode, which is to mention, it's not a popular or shiny thought to consider, but I really believe that it's massively important not to ignore it. And it is 
what unwanted things will you need to be prepared to experience on your way to achieving a goal? What unwanted things will you need to be walking towards that you know will bring you discomfort on your way to achieving a goal? And perhaps also when you've achieved it. So if I give you an example of me quitting my job and starting my own business, I had to be honest with myself and be like, okay, I am gonna, you know, I recognized that spending time with friends who constantly discuss their fears around the financial economics of the world and their financial um, fears around financial security, I had to spend less time with those friends because what I'd realized in walking away from those conversations is I felt fine going into them, but I, I couldn't come out of those discussions not feeling flustered. And I would take that feeling of flustered back into my own business and I will be operating from that space. And so I had to own up to the fact that I'm going to need to spend less time with these people because I'd gone from fully believing and fully backing myself that I can do this and I can figure my way through it to worrying about finances and the financial economic crisis. Um, I had to give up a salary every single month and I had to be willing to experience uncertainty. I had to respect and acknowledge that I would have to experience other people's judgment about me sharing things online, on social media, in my podcast and have to be okay with that. And, you know, I had to acknowledge my own inner experiences that were unwanted as well. Like I had to accept that I would come face to face with my own limitations that seemed so true and so real and like unquestioned facts. And I would have to come face to face with them and sit in the discomfort of questioning them and what that would mean. I had to accept that self-doubt would roar. I had to accept that behind my own believed inadequacies would definitely be, they, they would be shone a light on. And I would either have to give in to those or ex- and, and accept that I am inadequate in those ways, full stop, end of story, or make the decision that I do have those inadequacies and I will evolve and grow both in my beliefs about who I am, about myself, and also in my skills in business. You know, when you start a business, a lot of the time, unless you've got huge amounts of funding behind you, a lot of the time, there's so many things that you realize you don't know and you don't know you don't know them until you realize you don't know them. (laughs) It's, It's like at that point you have to go, oh my God, I don't know this. What am I gonna do? Full stop. Or you go, actually, I will figure this out. And on and on and on. Like I think about all of these unwanted things that in setting the goals that I've set, I've had to come face to face with. And I think if you can anticipate these unwanted things, you can consider how you'll deal with yourself when you come face to face with them. And you'll be able to see that they are just par for the course. They're just rites of passage. They're just things that are expected to happen as part of the process along the journey. You know, as opposed to burying your head in the sand um, when they actually do happen, or trying to avoid them from happening the first time, in the first place, or being like having this really dramatic reaction to them when they do happen. When we do that, we tell ourselves a story about what it means. I remember the first time that someone said, do you know what, actually I'm not happy. It was in the inner work club and one client said to me, do you know what, this isn't for me, I'm not happy. And I remember the drama that I faced on the inside. Oh my God, this must be a sign it's not working out. Oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to do this. Oh my God, I'm gonna go back to the beginning. And it's like, 
the drama that came from that place. Whereas now I accept and acknowledge that when people come and sample my work, it might not be for them. If you look at the website on tlb.org.uk, you will see on the Inner Work Club, there is a love it or leave it guarantee. In the first three months, if you come and you experience this space and you experience being coached by me and you think it's shit, all you need to do is email me and say, I think this is shit, I want out and I will happily part ways with you. I will close the door with a smile and I will wave you off with all of my very best wishes right behind you because I now realise that it's just a rite of passage, it's just par for the course. And it's not a sign that it's not working out and it's not a sign that it's not meant to be. It's just business. And it's a trap that when we do that, when we go into the dramatics around what it all means and what it means about me, like going back to my first point in this episode and wrapping it up here, it's us appreciating that when we achieve these goals, it won't be any better there than it is here. Constant striving isn't the one. Constantly seeking more and more and better and better. It's not it battling against yourself, pursuing a goal from a place of inadequacy, isn't it? It's about you accepting you. And from that place, you allow yourself to challenge what you believe is possible for you. You allow yourself to make mistakes. You allow yourself to face your own criticism and other people's criticism. When you give yourself permission to accept yourself you are able to reframe your thinking about what the obstacles in the way mean about you. And instead of them meaning something awful about who you finally are and you won't be able to change, you see them as opportunities to evolve and redirect you. And when you're coming from that place of self-doubt and self-criticism, please know that the inner work to move through this can absolutely be found in the actions, in the journey. You are worthy of shining brightly. You are worthy of stepping into your own path. You are worthy of seeing what you're capable of and you're worthy of exercising your agency and sovereignty and choice. You do not have to be validated from the outside in, constantly waiting for permission, constantly waiting for validation so that then you can go after what you want. You are worthy and capable of standing up for yourself and advocating for yourself. Sometimes that's not even standing up for yourself and advocating for yourself with other people. Sometimes that's against your own inner judgment and your own inner self-loathing and criticism to experience things that you want to experience, to go after things that you want to go after. We can all feel the need, I think, to prove ourselves. And that's fine in, in limited amounts. But being dominated by that way of thinking will drive you to set goals from a place of comparison and insecurity and inadequacy. And I hope that this episode has given you real clarity on that, that you're on your own personal journey and you know the experiences that you've been through and that have shaped you and who you've become up until this point. Only you know the ambitions that are really on your heart, the dreams and the goals that are really on your heart. And sometimes they're ones that you have unconsciously dismissed and you've decided in advance that, that it's not for you. So you just ignore it. And you go about life and business saying, well, I don't really know what I want. And you go about life and business settling for the breadcrumbs. And when you constantly believe that you're not good enough, it's like being a passenger in your own life. It's like you're you're in a little bit of a lost mental state that is so deeply rooted. It can feel like that's just your natural way of being, which is what I meant when I said earlier by it feeling like this low level 
depression. It's just this feeling of being held down, not by anyone, but by yourself, believing that you're not good enough. And what I want you to see or hear in this episode is that you can access your own agency over what you want. You can gain access to releasing yourself from your habitual behaviors, your habitual ways of thinking. You can progress into another way of being with yourself. And the sooner that you start to see that you have made decisions about who you should be by now and what you should be able to do by now and what you should have achieved by now, you're probably comparing yourself to who you thought you should be and what you thought that you should have accomplished. Comparing yourself against that, when you let go of that, you start to access what it is that you actually really want now. You stop living in the mental traps of the, like the mental cage of the shoulds. And from that place of unclouded experience about where you're at right now, you start to gain clarity of what you want and then you can intentionally start to move forward. And you'll be setting goals from a place of truly authentically fulfilling something that is meaningful, meaningful and aligned to you as opposed to a place of inadequacy and proving and striving for acceptance and enoughness. You know, it's this is the thing about your own inner leadership, your own self-leadership, your true, true sovereignty. It's about you accepting all parts of yourself, not just the shit bits, because we all have shit bits, but accepting the whole of yourself also requires you to accept your own brilliance and allow yourself to uniquely shine in the way that only you can. And I'm asking you in this episode to consider stopping being afraid of your own light and instead allowing yourself to shine and using your goals as a tool to help you experience a deeper intimacy with yourself by acknowledging what it is that you want and who it is that you wanna become and who it is that you wanna unbecome and leave behind. And I'm hoping that what this episode has done for you today has shone a light on where you might have lost touch with yourself, whether that's because of fear, whether that's because of um, rules or societal norms or expectations or your own conditioned expectations of who you thought you should be or where you thought you should be by now. You cannot hide from this stuff once you see it. And my work seeks to empower you to take ownership of the things that you can't unsee and the things that you want and creating what you want in life and business because you are here to create and lead in your own life. You're not just here to struggle and endure. And I want that for you. And I want that there's these words that I constantly use on repeat, accountability, ownership, responsibility. And they those words can carry so much heaviness, but I want you to see that when you start taking accountability and responsibility and ownership over creating what it is that you want and setting goals and ambitions from that place, it gets to be less heavy for you because it becomes less about sacrificing and enduring your and and sacrificing your own humanness and pushing aside what it is that you want for the sake of achievement that feels empty and more about blending what is important to you with your goal setting. So I hope that what you've gained today is the feeling of being encouraged to keep keep being with you until you feel like you again. And I know that that might sound like a mad thing for me to hope for you, but 
I know for my own client work that so many people are so used to living into an expectation of who they thought they should be and where they thought they should be by now. And that's not thriving. And I think that you deserve to thrive. You know, stepping towards what you want, honestly, what you honestly want. Looking around your life and business and being honest with what you want, being honest with who you want to be and who you want to feel like, it requires you to look at what you don't want. It requires you to come face to face with some of the unwanted things that you might have created, like workaholism, like codependency on other people's opinions of you, like shaming yourself, speaking to yourself badly. And instead of accepting that as your reality, it's about opening up your heart and connecting to what do you want and accepting that you are allowed to claim it. You don't have to wait for permission. You don't have to wait for validation. You are an adult responsible for you and where your life is headed and you're allowed to claim it. You cannot talk about alignment or living in alignment if you are also not prepared to talk about integrity and taking responsibility of actually creating what it is that you want to create and the discomfort that can often come hand in hand with living a life on purpose of taking the cards that you've been dealt and accepting and acknowledging them at the same time in parallel as taking ownership and responsibility of what you want to create on the outside in life and business and on the inside in your inner experience. And if you're leaving this episode with your eyes wide open, but still feeling a bit frustrated or stifled, like things should be moving quicker. It's not about denying yourself of that experience. It's about recognizing that that those feelings of frustration or anger or feeling stifled, like I explained I experienced in the spa with Jimmy all those years ago, they're trying to tell you something. Please don't try and escape them. You know, please see them as information. You're frustrated. Good What's that showing you that you don't want? You're angry. Good. What's that show? What's that trying to tell you? You're unsatisfied. Good. What's that showing you? Most importantly, what will you do with that? All of that, all of your feelings are guidance. They're signals towards what you want and what you don't want, if you will allow them to be. It's information guiding you on the changes that need to be made that you can take ownership of. And you are able you have it within you to lead in your own life and not remain small for the comfort of other people and emotionally restrain yourself when you push that boulder up the hill in a meaningless pursuit of success that doesn't even feel like your definition of success. This is about thriving first. This is about allowing your heart to lead in life and business and accepting it's not one or the other. It's about taking responsibility for your experience of yourself as you navigate life and business. And so I'm going to wrap the episode up there. I hope this has given you a shit ton to think about and consider. And I hope that in me sharing my own personal experiences, as always, it's given you so much to go at in your own inner world and reflect on yourself. And I finish this episode by saying that if you want to be supported through this work, come into my one-to-one space, come into the inner work club. If that feels like the best place for you to start and allow yourself to be supported, not only by me, but by other people who are navigating a similar journey to you.
So this was a much longer episode than anticipated, but I have said everything that I really wanted to capture today. And so if you've made it to the end, thank you so much for being with me today. And um, as always, please never forget, I am always cheering you on. And I honestly really do hope that you are cheering you on too. <laughs>